0: Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. Yet we know that to continue celebrating life on this planet, we have to be mindful of the environment and the health of the many animals who share our world. And that's why I am especially excited about interviewing our guest today, Joel Satorre. Joel is a photographer, speaker, author, teacher and a 25-year contributor to National Geographic magazine, as well as numerous other prominent publications. But even more, Joel is on a personal mission as the animal ambassador of Voice for the Voiceless. His lifetime goal is to document the varied species and present them in breathtaking photographs so that we can appreciate the contribution of each one of these amazing creatures to the health of our planet. Joel is also the creator of one of the most beautiful books I have ever seen. It's published by National Geographic and is called The Photo Arc, One Man's Quest to Document the World's Animals. I'm already such a huge fan and I'm excited to to welcome you to the show, Joel.
1: Thank you. Great to be here.
0: Well, first off, uh, as I said in the intro, I I am so impressed by the stunning, beautiful photographs in this book. It is a treasure trove, a feast for the eyes. But the information you share is fascinating, and I want to get into that uh, soon. But I also wanted to start, if you wouldn't mind sharing, a personal story of how your life's mission began and what led you to take on a challenge, which this is a big challenge.
1: Sure. Sure. You know, I uh, I was a uh, field photographer for National Geographic for about 17 years and did 30 stories for the magazine, and then my wife got breast cancer, and I was home for about a year caring for her and our three children, and she's fine now. It's been about 15 years, but um, during that year at home, I thought about the fact that magazine stories kind of came and went in a month, and a lot of the species that I was seeing in the wild, I did a lot of endangered species stories for the magazine, A lot of them were small and overlooked and really never had had their picture taken well. They lived in muddy water or in the soil or high up in trees, and they really needed a voice. You know, most people know about gorillas and tigers, but very few people have heard about the Salt Creek tiger beetle or the black-footed ferret or the corner blue butterfly. These are all, you know, endangered animals that need a voice. And so when my wife got better, 15 years ago, I started doing portraits using black and white backgrounds. No size comparison possible there. So a mouse is every bit as big as an elephant <laughs> in studio lighting, so you could really see what they look like. And that's, that's the deal. We figure that the world has about 15,000 species in captivity uh, at zoos, aquariums, wildlife rehabbers, captive breeders. And uh, we hit the 10,000 species mark on Friday with an animal called a guinea, which is South America's smallest wild cat at a wildlife research center called Fauna Andina in central Chile. So we're about two-thirds done. We've got another 5,000 to go, and that will take us another 10 to 15 years because we've got to go a lot farther to get fewer now.
0: Wow, well, Joel, I, I mean, really, I, uh, as I mentioned before, we went on air. You know, I think a lot of us are reevaluating our life and what our purpose is and all that. This virus is kind of the isolation and the quarantine, et cetera, kind of bringing up some pretty big thoughts for a lot of us. But you are really on a mission. And I I love that the way, like you say, the size doesn't, you know, you each animal is highlighted. And I, you, I, you've got beautiful, stunningly wonderful looking animals. Animals in this book, but your first, your premier animal was not so stunning. I mean, a nice photograph, but tell us a little bit about the very first animal you, you photographed for the, the book. The very
1: first, well, when my wife started feeling better after she was getting through her cancer treatments, we have a zoo about a mile from our house called the Lincoln Children's Zoo, and I did a portrait of a naked mole rat on a white background. <laughs> I think it was a zoo cutting board. Just to just to be just to be active, just to be doing something. And then I did, you know, blue and black poison dart frogs I think the same day. And then went on to do every species at the zoo that way, then Omaha, Kansas City, Des Moines, places I could drive to from my home in Lincoln, Nebraska. And then it just kinda of morphed into this big thing and that was fifteen years ago. I didn't think it'd be turn out the way it did. I was just doing something to you know, kinda of pass the time and keep my hand in photography, but it's worked out. It worked out into something something big and, and you know, hopefully we're inspiring people to care about how we all live, how what we spend yeah. our money on, what resources do we consume, sh- what can we do at home to make the world a better place. It all ties in together.
0: Absolutely, Joel. And I as I mentioned too, I think one of the best things is that the naked mole rat. <laughs> Inspired right. all of this. I may have changed the world. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, we've right. also, uh, congratulations on that milestone. That has to have been really gratifying. So that's number 10,000, right?
1: That's number 10,000, right. So another 5,000 species to go and we'll be done. It'll be another 10 or 15 years, we think.
0: Well, that will be a real celebration, and as I mentioned, congratulations on that. And, of course, we, everybody on the planet has just passed another milestone, which was the 50th anniversary of Earth Day, and I actually had not been aware of this until I got some information about this uh, interview, but May 15th is Endangered Species Day, so tell us a little bit about what your own thoughts on both of these important dates are.
1: Yeah, and Earth Day was in April, 50th anniversary of Earth Day, too. So what I love about these days is it is it forces us to sit and think for just a little bit about something other than ourselves, the fate of the natural world. Most people don't realize this because we get our food from the grocery store, but we really have to have nature to produce the rainfall we need to grow crops. Very important to maintain the equatorial rainforest like the Amazon in order to stabilize our rainfall patterns. It's Very important for us to cut back on our use of fossil fuels so that the climate doesn't get too out of control. Um, These are all things that we think about on Earth Day, and we think about them on Endangered Species Day, and really my goal is to have people think about these things every day. Uh, Being green, by the way, is very profitable. We insulated our home well a few years ago, and it paid for itself in about three months, and it continues to pay us every month in savings. So whether it's eating less meat, not putting any poisons or fertilizers on your lawn ever again, which is very harmful and toxic to the environment, even fertilizers. Um, Whether it's, it's just, it's just being kind to other people, helping out, you know, with food insecurity issues, homelessness. I would really encourage people to try to think during this pandemic, when we actually are forced to sit and think, let's think about ways that we can make the world a better place for people and animals, you know, it's, it's, it's super critical that we learn to save big blocks of habitat unadul- unadulterated. Just basically we't can't, we can't take over every inch of the world and think that nature will be okay it, it won't be and, and we will suffer the consequences. So it's a, it's a lot of big issues, but it starts at home. It starts with people planting a pollinator garden in their backyard for birds and for bees and butterflies, which pollinate our fruits and vegetables. It starts with, People being kind to each other with driving a smaller car, driving it less, thinking about how they spend their money, what, what products do we buy, are those helping or hurting the earth. There's, the list is really endless for people that are thoughtful and want to do a good thing.
0: Oh, Joel, well, I knew this was going to be an inspiring interview, and uh, unfortunately we only have a little, about a minute left. I just want everybody to know, too, you're talking about extinct animals and animals that are endangered, and you put, mm-hmm. like, a, a legend, a key, where you put, like, an EX next to an animal, a description for extinct, any, right. not evaluated, and various. Right, so that As right. you're looking at these stunning photographs, you really get a sense of, of where, you know, which animals are endangered.
1: That's right. We tried to do that in our in all of our books, um, so that people can understand that there's still a lot worth saving. Um, uh, only about a tenth of the animals we photograph are very rare, so nine tenths of them are uh, you know stable, and they can continue that way. But we have to care. Um, also, I wanted to mention too that Geographic sponsors us, and people can see more at photoarc.org. That's the Geographic site. Or they can go and see photo art stuff on my website, joelsartori.com. And we also have a store where we sell these books, and I can sign those for people if they want. That's a good way to get signed books. It's coming to joelsartori.com.
0: Well, Joel, uh, this has been an inspiration to me. Your book is a true inspiration. And I hope people do go to that website, get a signed copy of this book. And I know they will treasure it and want to share one with their friends too. So thank you for your, your dedication, your mission, and talking with us today.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Well, and I do urge all of you listeners out there, be sure you check out National Geographic's The Photo Arc. Check out Joel's website, like he just mentioned. But this book is a feast for the eyes. But more importantly, it also represents a profound call to preserve the wonders of our planet for generations to come. This is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio saying I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.